Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizo. Mark's over here making a bunch of noises and faces. Um, I wasn't making any noises, and I was... All right, my volume's better. Uh, <laughs> you're making like... You're like, oh, fuck. And then you're I didn't looking, say, oh, fuck. Did yeah, I say, oh, fuck? Like before, when I was like, what? And you're like, nothing. Nothing. And you're looking at your... You made a look at your computer just now. You're like, oh, no, oh shit. I, now I remember. Now I remember saying, oh, fuck. Or why I said, oh, fuck. Why? There's anything important. You're, meaning you're embarrassed to tell me. No, it wasn't. It's not like I had like porn up or something. <laughs> no, I'm joking. no, I had I I didn't have the tab open for the show notes. Uh, uh. No, anyway, thing. It's okay. Hmm. You know why it's okay? Why is it okay? <laughs> you look enthralled. I forgot. I didn't introduce myself. Uh, Mark Salcedo, senior editor and writer at Screen Geek. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> You know what sometimes i look at you and i just think mark mm. Mm. you're like seven of the strangest women i've ever met <laughs> i thank you <laughs> where is that from is that from a few good men yeah oh okay was that was that when uh jack nicholson was saying that to uh, tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> i'd love it if he did all right all right <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. now that we got that out of the way, mm-hmm. you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal to ease in real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us so that we can get noticed, you know, we need your reviews, please. Uh, anywhere that you listen to our podcast, our segments, for this week's show, our recent review of Knock at the Cabin. Mark hates that title. I still don't like that title. <laughs> our variety time is Let's Play the Moral Game. And our geriatric cinematic is A Few Good Men. Mark, what's Terpic? The Conspiracy Dilemma. You know, I just realized. Huh. Because we're going to be playing the. The moral game mm. for variety time <laughs> and the it, the intro into that section is a game show theme that i found <laughs> like a while ago it's like a 70s game show theme. i'm like ben we've been doing this whole podcast just for that moment mm-hmm. <laughs> um is there anything you want to talk about i don't really have anything to talk about yeah um no, I don't really have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Cameron thanked me today for listening to her, even though she knows she's annoying. <laughs> really? Yeah, she's like, I know it gets annoying that I talk about the same stuff all the time and I tell you all the updates. Mm. But thank you for listening anyway. You know, she did that to me um, Tuesday um, when I when I was over here. Like, I walked in and I was like, all right, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to start I was like going to watch something. Like, my mind was like, I'm going to watch. Oh, now I remember. I was going to watch Tar. Uh-huh. I was like, all right. I, I forgot to turn <laughs> off the litter box thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
So I was like, all right, I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to turn on the TV. I'm going to watch Tar. Like, I don't feel like really talking to anybody right now because I was having a, a bad day. And Cameron was like, oh, you don't feel like talking to anyone? And, it, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cameron was like in the corner where like face, it faces the couch. Uh-huh. She was holding like her purse, her jacket, her <laughs> backpack. And then she just starts talking to me about like this drama at school. And she's saying all these names. And I'm like, I'm just like, oh, okay. I, in my mind, like I, I have no idea who these people are. I have no point of reference or anything. Me too. She brings up a new name every time we talk. I'm like, who is that? Yeah, and the thing was, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna be like, all right, Cameron, all right, Cameron, like, like trying to like give her signs, like, all right, like to stop talking to me. I was mm-hmm. actually like, okay, well that sucks. Yeah, and then and and I I said something that I thought would be the end of it, and I was like, well, you know what, like you're gonna come across that and. You're gonna have friends like that. The one thing you need, to, one thing you need to look out for is not let those problems, their problems, affect you because then you're not gonna get anything done. And that's like the end of the conversation. Yeah. Well, and then she <laughs> started going more. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, Cameron. Fortunately, uh, I just kind of like, I kind of like turned my head and we started looking at the TV, and I think she was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go upstairs now. <laughs> Like I, that doesn't work for me all the time. Like when you just turn your head to like yeah. not. She does not get the hint when I turn my head. What does what does she do? Does she just like she just keeps talking? And it's always louder than the TV. Do you think? Do you think that um, she doesn't understand like social cues or something? No, like I that? definitely think she doesn't. Really? Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's why she gets so upset at things too at school. I have to like um everything's very black and white. Mm. Um she has to get involved in other people's drama because mm. she needs to protect people. Even though like I'm trying to tell her like the more you get involved, the less these you know, these kids who are in high school are going to like learn how to um they're not going to be able to learn how to take care of themselves or think for themselves or like um stand up for themselves and all this stuff i'm like you like it's okay to stand up for them if you have to but you mm-hmm. need to let them find their own voice yeah and, and like that can come off like uh, the way how cameron is she can kind of come off as either like too nosy or up in people's business where she shouldn't be mm. um and then that can actually like push people away because they're like why like i don't care to tell you i don't have to tell you any of this like why and some people just they don't need somebody else to fix their problems they're just like they just want to vent and just like that's it. Yeah, but adults do, but teenagers really like it when someone else is like, "I'll take care of you," and she's like that kid. Really? Who's like, "I'll take care of you." Um, it was way different when I was in high school. It depends on the high school. Yeah. But all these kids are like, "Yeah, we're friends," and they all kind of stick up for each other. But mm. she like seems to be the the big pusher, I guess. Oh really? And she comes off as like as a mother hen. She is. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I I had to tell her, because she kept talking about this one girl mm-hmm. and how she's upset with her because her friend uh, broke up with her and, like, she was just using him for his body, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, he didn't want to have sex with her, mm-hmm. so he broke up with her because she kept pushing it Mm. and all this stuff and then i'm like okay and then 
Cameron's like, and she's like harassing him mm-hmm. and over social media and email, blah, blah, blah. And eventually I was just like, just tell her she's embarrassing herself. Better yet, tell her you're embarrassed for her. Maybe she'll <laughs> fucking back off. I don't know. She's like, oh, that's a great idea. Thanks, mom. That might work. I know that would probably work for, that will most likely work for adults. But um, I remember being a teenager and just being, like, someone say that someone say that to me and I was just like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> that's kind of what happened. She, <laughs> oh. did. <laughs> she did say it, but. She almost didn't even acknowledge Cameron said something. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you know? Well, you don't know this. Um, but I, I would think it's funny that, like, she didn't acknowledge what Cameron said. And she's, she's just doing that thing that you and I tend to do. Oh, the gray rocking thing? Yeah, we gray rock it or just be like, just not say anything at all. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... uh. Teenage drama stuff. Oh, it's like a couple weeks ago when one of her friends ran away. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. (laughs) Because her boyfriend broke up with her. God, I'm so glad I'm not in high school anymore. Me too. Some people would like... I always... I I, I don't hear this anymore, but when I was in my 20s, I would say in my 20s and even my early 30s, people would talk about like the glory days of high school Mm. or wish they can go back. And to me, that was, like, sad, because all that's telling me is, like, oh, you you peaked in high school. What about your raver days? Do you ever feel like that about that? I don't feel bad about that. Um, and, I, and I've and i told you, I've told you, like, my story. Oh, I hit the mic again. I've told <laughs> At you. At least once every episode. I know. Um, I've, uh, I've told you, like, many stories about my raver days. I, like, wax poetically about it. But honestly, mmm. I really wouldn't want to go back there. It was like fun and shit, but like, like you're happy to have the memories, but you don't want to go do it again. Yeah, like I went out, I did drugs, like I hung out with my friends and stuff like that. But I was like, I was still really struggling. I was like, in like bad relationships. You know, it was going from like job to job to job or something like that. I was trying to scrounge up just to put gas in my car. It was, it would, it's, it was, like now looking at, like I said, the. The rave life was great. Anything after that, not so much. <laughs> Anything after the rave? No, I'm sorry. Like after like the ra- after the party would end. Oh. Then it's like okay, now I have to deal with the day. I have to go like do this, do that, and everything. Plus, I was like still living with my mom. Mm. And so her- everything was still pretty tumultuous. Yeah, we would still get into like. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tumultuous. <laughs> tumultuous. Uh, yeah, we would still get in like arguments and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I the only thing I really wouldn't want to go back to is like, like, like one of the reasons I wouldn't want to relive that is like the bad relationships I had. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Ugh, now I'm like flashback to this shit. Like, oh fuck! Yeah, like, all right, let's move on to yeah, something let's, else. Let's move on. Let's. I don't know. This is not a therapy session. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> all right, what are we? Uh, what are we doing? What are we, what are we reviewing? We're gonna do our recent review of. Knock at the cabin. My name's Leonard. It's nice to meet you. Why are you here? I suppose I'm here to make friends with you. And your dad's too. But my heart is broken. Why is it broken? Because of what I have to do today. There is a woman. 
Obviously, the four of us have a very important job to do. In fact, it might be the most important job in the history of the world. The synopsis is, while vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Written by Steve Desmond, Michael Sherman, and M. Night Shyamalan. It's based on the book The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. It stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Rupert Grint, and Kristen Kui. Hmm. I like that title. That, the, 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 the... The Knock at the Cabin title that you hate? No, I, fuck that title. No, (laughs) the book title, like, the book title is so much better. The Cabin at the End of the World? Uh Uh-huh. That's so much better. That's, like, really intriguing. Hmm. (laughs) I want to find out more. I think that was too on the nose. Like, I think it sounds more mystical, but Mm. at the end of the day, like, you want, you want there to be, like, some ambiguity. Mm, Some mystery behind it and shit. Yeah, so, like, Knock at the, I mean, uh cabin at the end of the world mm. kind of like i don't know i feel like it tells you the story mm. no i think it's still better <laughs> <laughs> all right um so m night shamalama ding dong um when was the last time we reviewed it was old we we did a review for old now mm-hmm. he's back um now he's new again now he's new again uh, Kelsey, what, what is your overall thoughts on uh, Knock at the Cabin? I want to say the other title. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, I, I know you're going to be surprised by this because we talked about it after the movies. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I remember when we when we left the theater, I can't remember your exact words, but you were not like a fan of the movie or like a you were just like i felt like i just shit on it the whole ride home and i thought mm-hmm. that wasn't my intention mm-hmm. i think i needed to get it off like with the things that bothered me off my chest so i could think about the things that i liked about it mm, okay um and plus we made some really good points but i think mm-hmm. overall i like the movie mm-hmm. um i thought the acting was pretty most of the acting was pretty good oh yeah i already know who you're talking about um some of the ideas are interesting mm-hmm. um yeah so i i really i thought i pretty liked it um all right so you know like i said on, on the drive back i was like all right i really like this movie i really like it was trying to say are we gonna doing. meet in the middle kind of yeah as i as i started thinking about like the ending i was like all right they had an angle to go to and they didn't and now the movie just kind of fell flat it feels too uh watered down like it didn't really go anywhere really well here's the thing i think i think it started off strong yeah yeah i thought it really started off strong right and as the movie kind of started playing when as the movie would start wrapping up um it kind of, like I said, it kind of just like, all right, like, all right, you guys like hit something. Like you got, a, you got, you got a great couple um, concepts going, you know, the, the idea is like a sacrifice has to be made to save the, to save the world. Um, you got the whole like uh, gay couple angle and you're kind of talking about um, like assault, like being assaulted and stuff like that. Or you got this idea of like, are these people crazy or is there like you you can comment on 
these people like being crazy or being uh, or actually seeing visions or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then none of that. Everything just goes like like they don't finish with at least one of them. I mean, they kind of do actually, but they kind of do. But like, are you talking about are you talking about like the decision near the end? No, I'm talking about the people. Oh, okay. That have a vision. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, they, yeah. They have that, but like, it seems like there's. It, it, there could be more with that. There's no strong um, resolution after the peak of yeah, each of yeah. the things that happen. Yeah, yeah. Or that's, the, like the topics or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like when if there's a storm mm-hmm. and it's like really bad mm-hmm. and it just kind of breaks up and disappears. Yeah, like right before it hits your house. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> I, I worried in panic for just like, <laughs> like the end of it. <laughs> Um, all right, so here let's let, let's tackle the acting. Okay, um, I think the acting here was was really good. Um, the one who really stood out for me was Dave Bautista. Um, I love the fact that, that dude is being very choosy with his, his roles, mm. well, especially now. Like he actually has like a bunch of like straight to DVD stuff that looks really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. But now, ever since like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, he's just like, all right, I got to be more selective of what I want to do. And he said this in multiple interviews. He's like, I, I want to be an actor. I don't want to be uh, just a meathead. Like, a meathead, yeah, a guy who just got out of wrestling who wants to be in a franchise or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but after the third one, he said he's like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I need to like actually like do- expand stretch your legs yeah yeah exactly like unlike somebody you know uh we're not gonna say his name his name is wayne fronson <laughs> wayne the pebble fronson he said fronson it made me think of france <laughs> oh <laughs> the france the the france girl france. France. <laughs> she doesn't even say the r <laughs> um who i also think is really good too is uh rupert grant rupert grant uh who played redman um I thought his performance was really good, too. Uh, Chris and his actually got me a little bit more than Dave Bautista. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think I think it's not Dave Bautista's fault. I really did enjoy him a lot. Mm-hmm. But because he's kind of like this big, um, awkward guy, mm-hmm. and like he's supposed to be that character, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel attached to him for most of the movie mm, okay there were he had his moments because i i thought that he was genuine yeah um but he wasn't like very reactive i guess whereas okay. the other characters were mm-hmm. um like uh obviously with rupert grant when something happens he's like you can f- really feel the emotions yeah. and then um i don't know who the black girl's name is but uh, Nikki uh, Amuka Bird, who played Sabrina. Yeah, she um, she was almost to me like um, uh, what's that one movie that Jordan Peele did? Uh, nope, no, not nope. Um, Get Out. Yeah, she reminded me like how she was emoting. Oh, the maid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you noticed no, that. No, actually, yeah, I found that. That's the thing. I did find that comparison. Uh, so I did think of that comparison while we were watching it. And for a split second, I was like, wait, was she in that movie? No, that's a different, that's a totally no. different person. I didn't think it was her. Mm. Like, I, you know, not all black people are the same, Mark. 
I just felt like the acting was very similar. Like, oh, see, because I I kept trying to think of like what was something recently that I saw her in, um, and I, I and I found it. It was it was uh old. She was in that movie. Oh, okay. So she so she has yeah. a history with M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Um. Even the other girl who played the cook. Uh yeah, Abby Quinn who mm-hmm. played Andre uh Adrian. Mm-hmm. Um, you really get a sense that she's um trying to be super friendly and like mm-hmm. but she's like very she's trying to like convince you of something without telling like without being scary about it. Yeah. When she gets to a point where she's talking about her personal life and stuff, then mm-hmm. you kind of like you feel her too. And I just didn't get a whole lot of that from Dave Batista mm, and I okay. I don't know if it's like his eyes are tiny. His tiny They're eyes. They're very t- they are very tiny. Like I can't see what he's feeling in them. Oh, okay, I got you. Sometimes okay. I can see them get watery, but they always kind of look red. <laughs> anyway, well, like the meat <laughs> like his his uh what's it called? Um, eyelids. His eyes. I almost said eyelashes. His eyelids is like <laughs> it's like soaking up every time the tears <laughs> go. He's so mad. He's like no. Yeah, suck them tears back up. Mm. He, it, it's funny. He's like, um, because like all of them, all these characters, uh, Rupert Grant, Nikia Mocha, Bird, um, Epi Quinn, and Dave Batista, their characters are like the nicest intruders, like in the war. Like, we're mm. so sorry, but we got, we're so sorry. We're going to take care of you, but you got to make this very intense choice. Mm. choice. If not, people are going to die. If not, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I get what you're saying. I think I don't. I guess I just more connected with Dave Batista because of how so like I don't know. I guess because not only because how nice he was, but just how like I, well, I guess that's a big part of it. Just how friendly he was. Like he, I, you know what? Here's the thing. He reminded me of me. I could see that in a lot of different ways, actually. Mm-hmm. As for how you swear you don't like kids, mm-hmm. you're actually really good with them. And the way <laughs> he, like, talks to the little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, when, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could see that. Plus, he's really awkward, and you are, too. So Yeah, like, like I looked at him, and I was like, he's just a big old teddy bear. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people... A lot of people have called me like a teddy bear or teddy or something like that because they see me as like this big old teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, with the same, <laughs> at the same time, I also like a bear. I can be like, oh, that's I'm I'm sweet, but I will break your arms <laughs> if you piss me off or <laughs> you do something wrong to somebody. Also, with that, um, what was I going to say about him? Dave Batista. Yeah. Um, I feel like. This I don't know why this phrase pops up in more than different more than one situation, but it's mm-hmm. like you know how um people who are trying to survive outside or whatever in the wild mm-hmm. they have like some brush or something in their hands mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to protect the little spark so that it'll light. Yeah. I feel like that's him the entire movie. Oh okay. and, and I and I actually kinda like that. Oh, okay. And but that's part of his awkwardness too. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm saying he was good, but he's no. just not my favorite. No, but, yeah, I get you. Yeah. But I really like that because it kind of takes away from, like, everyone can't be crazy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what did you think of, what did you think of the writing? 
Uh, for the most part, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They did um, some misdirecting, which you can either be really good at it or really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the 90% or maybe like 93% of the time got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know. I guess it was pretty straightforward in a way but sometimes Mm -hmm. i do think they kind of were like thinking about it so hard Mm -hmm. that it's kind of like okay Mm -hmm. um i don't know like there are times where i'm like if i was a writer like Mm -hmm. i i wouldn't leave enough breadcrumbs and i I don't think they kind of did sometimes they did but like it wasn't like it was like, like they were trying too hard to write it. Yeah, like they were like they were trying to make it mysterious, but like too mysterious, you know. To, yeah, it, they were being they were overthinking. Yeah, it. yeah, they were being uh, what's it, how you say it, obfuscated for the sake of being obfuscated. Um, yeah, I like if if anything, I actually really did like the writing, but I'm not a fan. Like, I'm not a fan of Shyamalan's writing. Um. Not to say like his entire career, as like his career's gone on, his writing has gotten worse and worse and stuff like that. But that's because I because I believe that's because his first movie, his first big movie was like The Sixth Sense, right? Mm-hmm. So of course you are like your head gets huge, like oh my god, you know that The Sixth Sense is like one of like the best like it's like, like pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, forever. exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like I see dead people. Like everybody knows where that's from, right? Mm-hmm. But as he's like, as he's progressed, his writing's gotten worse. And I think it's because like he thinks, like a lot of people don't say no to him, mm-hmm. or like he doesn't, or they don't give him enough notes, or he's just like, no, I got this and shit. Um, but in this one, he's like, he teamed up with um, Michael wh- Sherman and. Steve Desmond? Yeah, and I think they were able to, like, reel him in, so mm-hmm. not to make it, like, too Shyamalan and shit like that, <laughs> right? To be like, no, like, do go go with this angle, go with this angle, and make it a bit deeper, you know? Mm. Like, because they cover, this this movie kind of covers, like, this whole religious aspect and, like, fate and everything like that. I wonder who he worked with on old. I think that was him. I think that was just, just him. You think so? Uh, Yeah, let's pull that up. I'm looking it up too. Uh, let me see. Oh, old. Here we go. Yep, it was just him. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was actually good though. It was good. There were some issues at the end I had, but you know, whatever. So, <clears throat> so yeah, Glass. That's his script. Um, I know. I believe Split is just him as well. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He did the screenplay. What for old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, two other people wrote the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's not his. That's true, but you can still take like you can still take like an IP, like based off book or comic book or whatever, and still mm-hmm. kind of fuck it up. Like Winnie the Pooh. Are you talking about that Winnie the Pooh uh, horror movie coming up? Mm-hmm. I'm mildly, mildly intrigued to watch it. I'm, is- I'm intrigued. Oh, really? <laughs> I want to see that shit show. Oh, well, if it does, well, you know, you're going to get a second shit show. Shit show. Shit show. Shit show. Shit soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoy the writing. Um, like I said, as the ending goes, as we get close to the end, it kind of like starts falling all over the place. Like, it's juggling too many things without it, like, properly giving like a 
like you said, like a more of a landing, like a hard hitting landing of of one of the uh, the four concepts or the one of the many concepts this movie does. Mm. Um, Do you think this movie would ever end up on our um, deathbed do over? Yes, um, just like how Signs did. Uh, because Signs was actually a good movie, except towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it would. Um, well, yeah, I think it would, it, you know. But also because of the subject matter, it'd just mm-hmm. be fucking fun to do. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, in terms of the directing, I think his directing's gotten a lot better. Um, because this this entire movie takes place in one place, in the cabin. Well, and most of it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. There's a series of like flashbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. And plus the diner. Okay. But most of the movie is <laughs> in the cabin. But like that, that's the thing. Like, oh, actually, you know what? And, and, and thank you for, for bringing that up because it, I think it really goes into the flashbacks as well. Because he does like these really interesting shots that it's very intimate. Like you're really close with these characters. Like literally like it's a, he's either like a close up or like extreme close up to really like have you get into like the mind and get into the characters minds mm-hmm. like with their facial structure and stuff like that like how they're emoting and shit like that uh what they did that with dave batista too and i still couldn't see it oh really? <laughs> there were oh, times like i caught myself yeah. wishing they would like be closer to him so i could uh, and i still couldn't fucking see I know, his eyes I, know. I you know what i know what you're talking about i actually really like that because it was it made me feel uh, it it made me feel two things, right? It made me feel uncomfortable, but it made me feel, um, what's the word? Um, it, it made me feel uncomfortable and comfortable at the same time, because like it was just a conversation between Dave Bautista and um, uh, Chris and Choi, um, and it was like sweet, but then the camera like kept, kept kind of getting closer and closer, and it was get like close on like. Just like their hands and stuff like that and then i started feeling almost like claustrophobic because i was just like i don't be you know these people are in my space now mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah there's like a like there's a number of scenes where it's like pretty fucking intense you know mm-hmm. and you have to keep the intensity going because you have to keep making the movie interesting um so what i was going to say about the flashbacks is i think it really works well with the flashbacks as well because it keeps that level of closeness and intimacy that's going on you don't really see a, you see some of like the background or like the atmosphere these characters are in, but just enough to be like, oh, this is the feeling of that scene, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not like it's not like unnecessary like cutaways and stuff like that. Here's a wider shot. It's like no, no, these are the people we want to watch, and this is how the world is affecting them. Mm-hmm. Which I which I was really liking, and I like I said, I think his direction's gotten a lot better. I wonder what he's. Like, I wonder what he's thought about mm-hmm. um, M. Night Shyamalan okay. as far as, like, his movies coming out and what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he's, like, taking it to heart or, like, I don't know, not taking classes, but, like, consulted with people, like, had some honest conversations and, like. I think that, I think with, like, the number of, like box office bombs or failures he's had in his career mm-hmm. i think he's starting to like finally recognize and maybe he's actually listening to people like well this is why it didn't work and you need to try something different you know and he's doing something different with his with his movies now um 
one of the one of the things that I think was is really different for his what he's doing now is at the beginning he shot himself in the foot with like the twist. Whenever you saw like a Shyamalan movie, you're expecting a twist at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of like takes away from what you're trying to say within the movie, especially like people who watch it and are trying to figure it out because they're like, oh, here's a twist. Let me see if I caught it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that takes away from like thinking of like this is what he's trying to say or whatever. Um, but he's kind of like slowly getting away from that, mm-hmm. the whole twist thing, and just kind of be like, well, here's the story. And like, this is what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, he's not making it the focus. He like opens a level of intrigue, but not to be like six cents or twists or unbreakable twists or anything like that. I got that with old and this movie because, mm-hmm. um, it kind of comes to a natural conclusion mm-hmm. with there being mystery throughout the film mm-hmm. and not just a twist at the end. Yeah. Uh, as Ryan Reynolds said in some, Oh, and I remember uh, when he played Pikachu, a twisty twist. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you want to hop into the um, <clears throat> spoiler section? Are you sure you don't, is, are you sure you don't want to give away the twisty twist? Yeah, let's away. Let's give away the twisty twist that does not exist in this twist. Let's do the twist. Do the twist. <laughs> I'm just letting you keep going. <laughs> let that let that be the intro into the spoiler <laughs> section. <Ha>. Anyway, <laughs> so we are going to get into the spoiler section for "Knock at the Cabin." I still don't like that title. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to talk about the movie at great lengths. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled, spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. All right, so Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. What I'm was so about? fucking happy he's back. He's been back for a little while. I know, but like mm. something really mainstream, and I don't, I'm kind of upset that he didn't stick around in the movie. But at the same time, mm-hmm. his character's energy wouldn't. It would have made the movie super annoying. Mm. Um, but I loved. When he was going to die, like... Mm, that was a very emotional moment. That's the part that I was like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, especially like that part where he was like... Tell, he was telling Andrew and and uh, Eric, like, you better look like, don't fucking turn away. And it wasn't like a very sadistic, like, don't you fucking turn away, but like, realize what you're doing and the severity of the situation. This, yeah. is, what's, this is what's going to happen if you don't make that decision. Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I I did enjoy his acting. I thought he did a really good job. Um, I think his death was done at the right time. Yeah. Because of the idea that like he was, I mean they didn't say it, like right there, but like after he died, there was the idea of like oh this is the guy who like assaulted Andrew, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like wait did he did he did he not? Is Andrew kind of like project not projecting? Is Andrew thinking of somebody else or like whatever? Mm-hmm. So I I thought that was a I thought that was really well done. I thought so too. Um, actually, let's talk about Andrew. As Kelsey rolls her eyes, 
Please, uh, please say what your issue was with him. He's just shouting the whole time. The whole yeah. time. And he's like, to the point where even when he's talking to Eric, he's fucking shouting. Like, yeah. telling him what to do and how to think. And, like, mm. like I get that you're stressed out. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem I have with zombie movies, mm-hmm. with horror movies. Mm-hmm. If there's someone who's like that. Like, well, constantly just stressed out. Just and- constantly stressed out or constantly bullying other people. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I can't. Yeah. I remember that was one of the... Um, that's like a... Tooth, that's an aughts thing, too. Uh, yeah. So, Andrew, who was played by uh, Ben uh, Aldrich. Um, but I remember that being like one of the biggest problems for you with uh, the whale. It was. Yeah. The daughter was constantly angry. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And she, and she <clears throat> talked really fast, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, I, um, I was having a bit of issue at the beginning because how how he was just like yelling and kind of like trying to take control of the situation like if he was supposed to and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. well um, what like he's uh the man of the relationship or yeah something? yeah exactly right um but like i it's it started bothering me less um because of what they were trying to convey about him like eventually what would lead up to like the decision is like his to make um but it was like kind of turning into this thing where like we we are going through like the trauma of this guy and why he's so angry and why he feels like he has to control the situation and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff so it didn't really bother me to it there was a number of times i was like dude chill the fuck out you're not at you're not helping anything but once we get to the end about like you know um the like i said the whole reveal of like uh him getting a gun him like getting to boxing and kind of like this level of thought of like everybody's a threat and everything Mm -hmm. and i have to and how the message was kind of like all right now everything's a threat you need to kind of let things go and let like you need to let love in stuff like that um i thought i thought that was done well uh until like the last like five minutes i was like not really feeling that part my issue with the angry all the time thing Mm -hmm. is that you couldn't portray someone crying all the time yeah or happy all the time yeah because it gets tiresome that's my thing and so like if you want to write a character who's like angry Mm -hmm. and they learn boxing and they buy a gun and stuff Mm -hmm. they're trying to control their entire surroundings and their entire life Mm -hmm. you put them in a situation where they're where they lose control Mm -hmm. and their first reaction is going to be anger and their second reaction is going to be terror yeah. Because they have no control. They're going to break down crying. Yeah. I didn't get any breakdown from him. Yeah. I can. Yeah. And that's. And, and so it just wasn't yeah. nuanced enough for me. Yeah. I'll agree with you. I mean, like he kind of. I will say. And you're right. I will say there was like maybe a few seconds where you can kind of see him broken down of like all this. Like, especially like the part when when it was like. He he had he had the uh, what's the word he had the realization that all this was real that mm-hmm. like the apocalypse was coming and it was his his and his husband's decision and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a few seconds where it not a few seconds maybe like a couple minutes where it really dawns on him. You mean right at when he's gonna kill him? Uh, more like the part where um, well okay there was a there was like maybe. A Maybe like 10 or 15 seconds of that nuance when he like 
smash the TV and shit like that. And then, like, Dave Bautista was like, like, this is happening. Like, I'm the only one here, and this is fucking happening. So, you know, and oh, now I remember where, where Dave Bautista's character, he's like, no, you're lying to yourself. Like, mm. you've been doing this this whole time. And he has this look of, like, oh, shit, I think he's right. But then he, like, goes back to, like, no, 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 like, this yeah. is all fake. Like, we're going to make it and everything like that. And that's so, and that's the thing too. Mm-hmm. If if um you're angry, right? And you have a moment where you're just kind of like trying to take control of the situation, but you might might not be shouting. Mm-hmm. Someone tells you that you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. The thing is that that guy's all been out of 10 the whole time. He has nowhere to go. Yeah. Like that should make him irate. Yeah. And he just you there's no room. Mm the nuance isn't there so yeah. like no no i get what you're saying yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it wasn't enough nuance with with uh or enough yeah enough nuance with that yeah, character yeah. well it's uh, not that i'm trying to tell you like that you should think that too or something no no but no, no, no i get you I get like you. that's to me just another example where if he wasn't at a 10 mm-hmm. he could have ramped it up to an 11 yeah. and made an impact because he was being told yeah. how he felt yeah um okay so the misdirection um Remind me again, you had issues with it, right? I had some issues with it. Mm. Um, the whole Redmond thing, mm-hmm. I, it was like maybe a distraction. I don't, well, I don't see it like that. I think that was actually a valid misdirection um, because it kind of gets into like what Andrew's angry about and how he views the world. Um, some of the misdirection that I thought was kind of, you brought this up and I thought it was actually kind of dumb. Where like they had mentioned um, like one of the like the tidal waves were coming and they were like oh this happened four hours ago mm-hmm. I was like all right that's kind of a weak oh, misdirection yeah. I definitely had issues with that yeah and it doesn't make sense how they're like recording like someone's recording the tidal wave and clearly the phone is underwater <laughs> so it's like how how did they get that foot it was like the logistics of that was like all right that's kind of stupid logistics I, know, I was right? thinking about that word today too <laughs> um and then also with the virus. It was already like in the news, mm. and then it just got really bad. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> it was like, here's the virus. It's happening at the second, and we have we have all the data we need to let you know this is how sick it is. It's like, whoa, whoa! Did you not go through the pandemic? You know that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell they were like the they were trying to like ramp it up, uh, like within like the story and shit like that. Um, all right, so well, you know why I think mm-hmm. that the. Uh, Redmond was like it wasn't a huge distraction but Mm. the reason why I thought it was a distraction is Mm. that they showed the story of when without Mm. like it being like this huge trauma thing or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's no reason why Redmond had to be connected to them because he still could go through that trauma with somebody else yeah I I get that, but I think the connection with him, I think, like I said, I think the connection to Andrew, I think it just worked well as, as a misdirection. Um, because even at one point, they had said, like, oh, we found each other online. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing of, like, maybe these people are just kind of crazy. Because there are tons of people online now meeting in these groups, and they're like, the government's coming for us, you know, the, what's it called, the deep state and everything. And they kind of built this delusion of. Actually, that's right. So, no, you're right. I for, I kind of almost forgot about all that oh, okay. chat room stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple of things I want to bring up about the ending. All right. So one, 
I'm a. I'm well, a we should t- say too mm-hmm. what we wanted to see happen when we saw the movie end. Uh, okay, yeah, but I'll, after you say what you need to say. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you what the ending is in the book. Okay. All right. Um. So, okay. Uh, in the book, when Andrew gets his gun, he kills uh Adrian uh, instead of Sabrina. Uh, he and Leonard have a sim- have a similar fight over the gun, but in a tragic twist, Ren is accidentally uh, Wayne is accidentally shot and killed, so the daughter dies. However, Leonard says that the apocalypse has not been pre- uh, prevented because Wayne wasn't a willing sacrifice. Sabrina then abandons her mission, kills Leonard, and gives Andrew and Eric the keys to a car before killing herself. Taking Wayne's body with them, Andrew and Eric drive off and face whatever doomsday awaits them. So it's very ambiguous. Okay. Okay. So, and this is this is a line of uh, in the book. Um, so let me see. Uh, so yeah, Eric decides to end the life and stop the apocalypse. Andrew persuades him uh, not to, and the two join hands and walk the abyss. Okay. So one of them, it doesn't say exactly who said this. I think it was maybe Eric. Um, in the book, it says the the storm swirls directly over us, but we've been through countless other storms. Maybe this one is different. Maybe it isn't. We will lift. Uh, we will lift Wen into our arms, and we will carry her, and we will remember her, and we'll love her as we love ourselves. We will walk down the road, <clears throat> even if it is flooded by raging waters or blocked by fallen trees, or if uh, greedy fishers upon beneath our feet. And we will walk the precious roads after that one. We will go on. So, what do you think about that ending? I think it's stupid. Really? Okay, why? Um, I like I think he wrote that very sweetly. It's very mm. poetic. I know that's, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Um, but to me in my brain I'm like I don't care who it is. Uh uh-huh. why would I want to see the rest of the world die? And it's not just like people mm-hmm. I mean the people die, like forests are being caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Animal, like everything's fucking dying. Why do I want to wa- witness the world die? Yeah, and it's like, oh, like if if people were gonna die and that's it, we'll live in a world where there's no people. Fine, mm. but the way things were ending, mm-hmm. it it wouldn't have been so cut and clean. And so, like, why would you want that that burden on you of like what's gonna happen in the next five minutes? I get what you're saying. There, there are people who like believe. Um, that no matter what, one sacrifice shouldn't be the answer to save millions. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I, I don't know. It kind of. I don't want. Okay, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think how I can say this because I, I, I'm almost like conflicted of what I would do. Mm-hmm. Of like, all right, am I gonna? I should sacrifice this person to go save millions of lives. But in a way, I, I tend to be very selfish. To be like, I can't do that. And that's what I'm thinking about these two. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that was written, they're, they're selfish. Oh, okay. Um, and not that I hate them for it. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, like, like I would think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of th- would think about them, but at the same time, I'm like, we're going to die too. Yeah. Or we're not going to enjoy our lives while we are alive. Yeah. So why, why prolong that? Yeah, because I remember, like, Leonard had said that, like, um, everybody's gonna die. It'll just be you, and like he was saying, it'll just be you and your loved one and your kid, and you will like walk the earth for years. 
like seeing all the suffrage, seeing the bodies and everything, and going through going through the suffrage until you essentially go to um, purgatory. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like that's <laughs> like if if you're throwing that at me, I'm like, all right, who who do I gotta kill? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. All right. So the ending. Mm. Okay. So it does this idea of like picking um like putting your hand like making a leap of faith mm-hmm. you know like if i make the sacrifice like millions will live but i have to like believe in this right mm. and so there's another concept that i was alluding to which was like the whole gay thing right mm-hmm. like what were they trying to say like and i felt like they dropped this um what were they trying to say about this gay couple and how uh society use uh views them Mm. Right. There's always there's kind of like this sense of like God is almost punishing them because they are gay. Mm. Um, which, like I said, could have been a good, interesting discussion. Fell flat. They didn't do enough with it. Mm-hmm. They definitely stereotype them into this role anyways, where mm-hmm. it could be like something uplifting for the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was like you have this very masculine gay and this more motherly gay. Mm. And that's stereotypical. Like, that's not how all gay relationships are. Yeah. And also, um, because um, Eric, um, because Eric dies, Mm -hmm. it's almost like God is punishing them for Mm -hmm. being gay. So one of them has to die. Like, yeah. So you learned your lesson and you're never going to love again. Yeah, and the and the uh LGBTQ plus A, I think it, I think that's the acronyms now. Um they have these people like within this community have been like you're just doing gay suffrage again. Like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So I can I can definitely I mean, that's like that's like saying black suffrage. Um as well like it's inter, it's you have to make black people suffer. You have to make gay people suffer to make like a compelling well, story. Women too. Yeah, and women too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I can see the issue with that. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, it kind of fell flat because like they didn't go well into it enough. Right. Um, what was another thing? Another concept they were throwing out? Oh, the whole like uh, delusional kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like the whole like it was it was in a way. And I'm not, this is not my this is not the first this is not my original thought. I saw this elsewhere and I was like, huh, that makes sense. How this movie always makes people who are QAnon like makes us sorry for them mm-hmm. um, because it's the same the kind of same thing. These people come to the community online. They're like the world is falling apart and we have to save it. We have to make the sacrifice. And it's kind of like QAnon, like we're this delusion of like we got to save the world, right? And this one kind of makes us more sympathetic to, towards those people. Mm-hmm. While in my mind, I fuck, fuck those people. <laughs> like, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to feel sorry for anyone like that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think it's just another stereotype too. Because mm-hmm. not every conservative is like that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. So yeah. it's also kind of like you're playing both sides there. Like. Yeah. You're either making people hate QAnon people more, mm-hmm. or you're saying that all conservatives are conservatives are like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what do you want to do? Yeah, like <laughs> pick one. Um, what else? Do you want to talk about um, the diner scene? Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, you, you lead that. Um, I know that you pointed it out to me um, as something... 
that kind of helped wrap up the story really well. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was kind of like, it just kind of petered out. Like Mm -hmm. some woman was talking to her family and she's like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I love you. And I'm like, Oh, everything's quiet now. Like Mm -hmm. where'd the story go? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. I, I enjoyed that little scene because that kind of gave confirmation to the Andrew character. Like, like, don't worry. Like you, you made the right decision. Um, unfortunately, it was like a sacrifice you had to do, but like it saved millions of lives. Mm-hmm. So like that, and that's that's like him kind of like, kind of like hearing like, okay, the world's not as bad because these there's these two people like um, daughter tells her mother like I love you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like reminding him like, okay, there is love. There's a reminder that like everything's not as bleak. Mm-hmm. But that's like the only part I thought was okay with it. Um, I thought the part when they were in the car and they were playing that song that they played earlier in the movie, mm. I was like, all right, that's kind of, why are you making fun of like this situation? This was kind of like a fucked up movie. I don't think they were uh. making fun of it. I think that they were trying to wax poetic. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just another sign that we did the right thing. Mm. Like, we turned on the radio and it's this song and that just means that, you know, like it, it's supposed to tell the characters that this is real and this was on purpose mm. and here's that song so you can remember what you like what you did and why you did it yeah which is stupid <laughs> it's the truth i would have actually wanted to have the movie end ambiguously like did they save the world did you mean with it? them in the um tree house in the tree house remember she went up to the tree house oh no 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 i'm talking about like let's like, I, I actually, because there's one part in the movie where Dave Bautista is about to die. Like, he's about to kill himself. And mm-hmm. he says, like, after I kill myself, you guys will only have, like, a few minutes to, like, make the difference or make that make that choice, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this whole thing of, like, making the choice and everything that, like, Eric's, like, kill me because this is this, right? Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that, like, they would get in the car and they drive off and it would kind of leave, like, did they do it? Like, did he do it in time? Or is it, like, too, like... It was it too late? Like the world is ending. Oh yeah. I kind of wanted that to happen to be like, oh shit, and this because in the book, like I said, it's ambiguous. Um, so I I wanted that feel for this movie. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, it, that was the alternate ending you were thinking of, or was it something else? What do you mean? Because I remember we were we were like, I don't like how it ended. Oh, you know, yeah, that's, that's that was the, the one that you said. Yeah. I was thinking that. Um, I hope I really wanted it not to be in time. Oh yeah, you you wanted okay, go on. Like he would lose his husband because mm-hmm. he killed him, mm-hmm. and it would be for nothing because he waited too long to believe and to take action. Mm-hmm. And you know, then it would be him and his daughter trying to survive. Yeah, you, um, you want that bleak ass ending. Look, mm. despite what you might think, mm. I'm a realist. <laughs> That means you really want people to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that today, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I like movies that are like... No, it's not Sunshine and Rainbows all the oh time. Oh, my God. Wait, have you have you seen The Mist? I saw the new one. No, no, no. That's, no, there's only like one Oh, I was, maybe I was thinking of The Fog. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen The Mist. I gotta show you The Mist. Because that ending is fucked up. <laughs> Like really fucked up. 
Um, all right, we, we've we've I think we've gone out quite a bit. Anything else you want to add uh, to this movie or this uh, review? Nope. Nope. Oh, um, really quick. Do you think people should check it out? Yes. Okay. If you're in the spoiler section, you've already checked it out. But if you're in the spoiler section and you haven't checked it out, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. So we have some moral questions that we need to go over. Um, you know, since we're in the moral dilemma episode, mm-hmm. we need to go over some moral dilemmas. <laughs> so yeah, Kelsey and I, we found these, um, these, uh, moral dilemma tests, um, and we're going to read them and then kind of give, give her, give, uh, what we would do in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the first one, uh, is I found from, uh, the, uh, website thought catalog um three famous moral dilemmas that will really make you think uh so one of them is called the baby dilemma <clears throat> i'm sorry the baby problem so it reads you your baby and your entire townspeople are being chased by uh this band of bad people who will kill you all if they find you all of you decide to hide in the secret place and are silently waiting for the bad guys to move away however you know that your baby will will cough and the band will hear it hear him assuming it's a boy wow <laughs> then they will find you your baby and the townspeople and kill all of you so you have two choices okay um well Kelsey and i are gonna t- say what we do but the two choices are like you kill the baby and um everybody lives everybody lives or you don't kill the baby the bad people find you and then everybody you. dies everybody dies <laughs> okay so kelsey <laughs> I really want to hear what you got to say. Which one would you choose? I, and you don't even have to choose those two. Like, if you have something else, go at it. Okay. And you're saying that without question, mm. everyone will die. Like, the baby will cough mm. and everyone will die if you're found. Yeah. Okay. Sacrifice the baby. Really? Okay. So why would you sacrifice the baby? Because it's going to die anyway. <laughs> okay. But, like, but you don't have that on your conscience. Like... You didn't murder anybody. Like, you didn't kill this innocent baby. Guess what? I still wouldn't see it as a murder. <laughs> really? I would see it as, like, um, like a like victim survival? of, like, yeah, like a victim of uh, circumstance. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't, that wouldn't, like, fuck you up. Oh, I'm sure it would, but. Yeah. Um, and you're like, you would be leave, you'd be living with this level of grief and like... I'm sure I would live with that for mm-hmm. sure. I'm not saying I'd be like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I would probably struggle with the decision, but mm-hmm. I would do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then struggle with it after. But yeah. also like, um, I would, every time it would come into my head, mm-hmm. like, like some of the things that I talk with you about and you're like this, this and this, but... It would have been. It wouldn't have been better because of this, this, and this. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like afterwards, mm-hmm. I would be like, "Die by my hand," which is probably better, uh, or die by these fucking savage individuals mm-hmm. and suffer. And okay. also, you're gonna die anyway. So yeah. better that I do it in a way that I find more humane mm-hmm. than somebody else do it. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um. Here's what I do. 
I take that baby and just punt it across the street. And <laughs> so lead him over there? <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, it's like throwing a rock and then the yeah, people know, are like, right? oh. There, there's this movie. Oh, I think it's called Feast. I think it's a horror film called Feast. And they've done like three of them. Mm-hmm. They, there's a scene in the second movie, and if you don't want to be spoiled by this movie, you know, go like, like pass on for like five or ten minutes. Is that one of the trailers that we saw that was like a Thanksgiving horror movie? No, no, that's Thanksgiving. Oh, so I, like I said, I think it's called Feast. Um, and there's a part in the movie where this guy, like, who's like heroic and shit, shit finds up like he's like they're being chased by like these monsters, right? And this dude sees a baby. He's like, oh, shit. So he, like, grabs the baby. He's, like, running with the baby and everything. He's, like, trying to he's like trying to save it from these monsters while trying to save himself. And he, like, while he's running, he looks at the baby. And he says, sorry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Throws it up in the air. And you see the baby, like, <laughs> And then. <laughs> and the monster's, like, nah. <laughs> And the guy just keeps running. Um, one of the funniest things I, I ever saw. Um, but no, I would, I would, I, I see your point of view and I would do the same thing. Like, because like, I'm like, cause like, not only are you like killing this, like if you kill, if you don't kill this baby, you, you are essentially causing the lives of these people as well, just because you had like a moral high ground. You know, I I, I think the dem- dilemma isn't just what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It's also would you end your suffering by dying? Mm-hmm. You know, with everyone, mm-hmm. or would you prolong your own suffering to save everybody else's lives? Excuse me. Um, and anyways, if mm-hmm. that's the case, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't you just? run out of there and get killed. <laughs> I know, sacrifice yourself, right? Yeah. Um, even if you sacrifice yourself, they might be like, oh, where they come? Where did that person come from? Over there. And then, <laughs> there you go. Um, no, like, I, I would make that sacrifice. I, like, yeah, it would fuck me up, like, forever, but it, there would always be this thought of, like, well, more lives have been saved, and I'm, like, I'm, I'm the one who has to live with that guilt. Mm. I would rather live with that guilt and that suffrage than causing these people to die like a horrible death yeah um all right you want to get to the next one yep all right so the next one's called the um this is from uh buzzfeed 2014 it's called nine moral nine moral dilemmas that will break your brain so this this dilemma is called the accidental samaritan uh and it goes you're involved in a two-car crash uh, on your way to work one morning in which you accidentally hit and kill a pedestrian as you get out of the car you are uh you're intercepted by a tearful woman who seems to think that she hit shit. <laughs> she hit and killed the pedestrian. I feel like I already made my decision. <laughs> You're not sure why she thinks she hit the person, but she's convinced there's only one. There's only you, the woman and the person you hit on the road. There are no witnesses. You know that whoever's deemed responsible will probably be sent to jail. What would you do? I would struggle with it for a minute, uh-huh. but I would probably tell the truth. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, for me, there's a difference between is this bad thing going to happen without me? Mm-hmm. Or is there something I can do to prevent it? 
Mm-hmm. This bad thing already happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in car accidents recently and the people fucking lie. And I, if I ever met them again, I'd punch them in the fucking throat. Mm-hmm. Because they, they just fuck everybody up. Yeah, they don't want to take responsibility. And even though it seems kind of minor, like, that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I can't do that to other people. Mm. Oh, you, like, you can't, you can't, you can't. Um, I can't fuck up their life to save my own. I don't know what kind of person they are, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless I'm coerced by somebody else. I'll, I'll put that ca- caveat on there. If you were there and you're uh, like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Let's, you know, that person thinks they did it. Mm. You trust me. And I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. That's the thing. Even if I did try to convince you, oh, it would come back up so hard. For, for me? Yeah, for you. Because I, like, I, I don't want to say like I know for a fact how your mind works, but there are times where I know what you're thinking because uh, sometimes you let think, like things come up out of nowhere or they've kind of been like, Oh, like my anxiety just keeps coming up and up and up. Yeah, something like this would keep coming up and up because I know it always plays in your head of like, what did I do to that person's life? Like, did that person go to jail? Did this happen? Mm. Like, all that kind of stuff. Did I destroy this person's life? Mm-hmm. You know, and what if what if they were like, wait a minute, I didn't hit that person. What the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. like, there's this whole, like, my life is fucked because someone else put the blame on me. Therefore, they're going to hunt your ass down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So at the beginning, I honestly had thought like, oh, I, I take the fuck off. Uh-huh. Like that, fuck all, fuck all that. But I would always be looking over my shoulder. Like they are going to find out it's going to be a lot worse than it could have been. You know, um, like if I had uh, just stayed there and was like, yeah, I accidentally hit him and stuff like that. Like I would rather face the consequences. So... There's no level of like I'm trying to get away with murder mm-hmm. and just be like and then try to ho- and hopefully it will it wouldn't be as huge um, an effect that it would have been if I just took off. Right. Like I'd be willing to I'd be willing to to go through the consequences. Like all right, okay, let me go and do this because like you, it would just always be there. Right, and depending on the circumstances, it could be like involuntary manslaughter, which is not a very mm. huge charge. You could go to jail, but it wouldn't be like 30 years. Yeah. Plus, like, obviously, like. Um, and also, I think on job applications, that's not as bad as some of the other shit. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you, you know, like, I like you and I, we, it would, like I said, it would mess us up. And I'm sure the cops, the courts, even the victim's family would just be like, no, this really, like, it sucks. Like, this person, you know, our loved one's dead, but like, clearly this person. It's not cold hearted. They realize what they've done, and like it'll always, it'll always like traumatize them. They mm-hmm. will never like get out of this. Yeah. Um. All right. Which one you want to do next? The trolley. You want to do the famous trolley problem, or you want to do the, the best friend's wedding? Um. I feel like the trolley problem is similar to the baby problem, don't you? Um. Um. <laughs> Coming on track to the five people that have uh, killed one person. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, continue to kill the five people. However, in the situation you're sitting on a bridge and train tracks, you can see the train coming. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, so cause situation one for the trolley problem is very similar to the baby problem. However, let's talk about situation two. Okay. All right, so situation two for the trolley uh, trolley problem is there's a trolley coming down the tracks and ahead 
Um, there are five people tied to the tracks and are unable to move. The trolley will continue coming and will kill the five people. However, in this situation, you are standing on a bridge above the train tracks and you can see the train coming. There is a man standing next to you who is so enormous and heavy that if he places himself in front of the oncoming train, it will hit and kill him. But the train will stop, so you have two choices. All right. What would you do in that situation? Um... I th- to me, I think the enormous and heavy thing kind of like adds a bit more to it than like the baby problem. Uh, I feel like this one's kind of um, like what kind of idiot came up with it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's space. There's there's spaceships and there's aliens and you gotta you gotta fight them off. <laughs> I just, I feel like this situation, uh, yeah, I see that there's a dilemma there, uh-huh. but first of all, you're kind of making fun of fat people, and second <laughs> of all, <laughs> second of all, you're like, should I sacrifice this fat fuck or watch five people die? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're very for the fat people when you say... Or I'm sorry, what, I, I don't know what the correct term for for big people, but you're very you're very um, you're very understanding of their plight when you call them fat fuck. Well, I mean, if if I was the person writing this, yeah, I'm, I, I don't say that, but I'm just saying. You like, know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just making fun that you were like, <laughs> I think they're making fun out of fat people with these fat fucks, <laughs> it's like in one breath. Um, so that being said. <laughs> If it was me mm. and not the idiot who wrote it, mm. I can't take the choice of life and death away from the person I'm standing next to. Mm, okay. So that's up to that person. Mm. Period. Okay. Unless it was one of my loved ones on the track. So you would let these five people die? Yeah. Okay. I would push the fat person in front, <laughs> in front of the track. Hear Jesus. me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. And this is why it's a little bit different from the baby the baby problem. The baby problem is like this is a child that hasn't even started life. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a pure innocent baby who doesn't even who's barely aware of its, of their surroundings. This fat enormous person, I'm sorry, this enormous heavy person could die of like an artery <laughs> like congestive heart failure the next day like their health might be garbage i'm not saying all big people have garbage health but in this situation it's going to kind of weigh that's going to weigh in on me mm-hmm. of being like okay am i going to make a sacrifice am i going to kill this per- let this person die or use it to stop the trolley um and save these five people that are probably a-okay like health-wise and have like a long life ahead of them but this big person might die tomorrow because they have a heart attack or they die of liver disease or something like that. You're assuming because they I'm don't assuming, say. I know. I know. I'm assuming. They don't say he's fat. They say he's enormous and heavy. So is Dave Batista. He's enormous. I don't think he's heavy. Muscles heavy. <sighs> I wouldn't be able to push Dave Batista. He'd be like. I don't think me. you'd be able to push anyone if they're enormous and heavy. I know my back would go up. You like, probably ah! have to kick him in the back of the knee. Yeah. And just push him. <laughs> so you'd sacrifice Dave Batista? <sighs> he 
he's had a nice life. <laughs> he's doing. He's 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 enjoyed the fruits of his labor. Mm. That, that's fine. <laughs> he's a nice guy, but hey, man, sorry, you got to go down. Your eyes are too small. Sorry, I know. Right? <laughs> I can't see the soul in your eyes. They're too small. <laughs> um. All right, let's try to do this this last one um, quickly. Okay. This one's called Your Best Friend's Wedding. You want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were at your best friend's wedding just an hour before the ceremony is to start. Earlier that day, you came across definitive proof that your best friend's spouse-to-be is having an affair with the best man slash maid of honor, and you catch them sneaking out of a room together looking disheveled. If you tell your friend about the affair, their day will be ruined, but you don't want them to marry a cheater. What do you do? I know you're like I would tell him and watch the whole entire world blow the fuck up. That that's how your mind works. Actually, no. Really? <laughs> this and this is. I this, think well, you're also growing out of that. Well, yeah, that's that's one thing. Like I like I don't want to be. I don't want to be the. Um, I don't want to be the, the the match that like starts the fuse of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, like if like if I want to get involved with some chaos, like I will just get involved or just be like, let me just watch it happen. You know, mm-hmm. in this case, I'm being involved. I'm like, okay, this is what happened. X, Y, and Z. A huge fight happens, right? This is honestly how I, I would view it. It ain't my business. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, all right. Well, actually, I'm of two minds. It ain't my business, but how can I profit from this? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, there's a mark I know. Uh-huh. I knew he was in there somewhere. <laughs> it's like, hey, I saw you. Uh, I saw you uh, with the with the bridesmaid. Um, can I fork it up, homie? You can afford this wedding. You can afford yeah, to know, pay me. Right? Well, how much you want to pay? Two G's. There you go. That's that's two G's. I have to be reasonable. I wouldn't be. How, okay, all right. You're, you're probably right. I'm I'm selling myself short. What do you think it's a good number? 10, 20 grand? 50. 50 grand? Seriously. I don't know. That's a lot of money for people. I know it is. And that person might try to get you killed. Well, <laughs> that's a whole new dilemma. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. 50K or, or that person will either pay me uh-huh. or they will have to tell their wife. Because, or or husband, uh-huh. because I'm going to tell him anyway. Then I'm not lighting the match. They are. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna, that, what you just said, I'm going to tell you a sim- similar story that happened to me. I got caught smoking weed by my brother, uh-huh. right? And this is what he said. He says, if you don't tell mom, I'll tell mom. And I was like, that's pretty fucked up. Mm. Because one, it's weed. My mom, her past, like she's she's done stuff. So I was just like, and like you're like it's not like it's not like it was crack or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or like coke or heroin or anything like that, right? You it weren't. Was, it's not even like getting drunk is worse than smoking weed. Yeah, it was just weed, and he couldn't be like, you know what? Don't let it happen again. Like that's it. Then if anything, our bond would have gotten closer. Like okay, cool, he's got my back. But also, you would have still done it again. Yeah, but I wouldn't get caught. <laughs> but it's but that's the thing. It's weed. It's it's weed. You know, yeah. like who the fuck cares about that anymore? You know, so that kind of like killed the relationship between me. Like right now we're like cool, but it's very. Like, you've been around me and my brother. We don't really have the relationship like you and Kyle have. We're just more like hey, well, what's that's up? That's still troubled. 
Hmm? That I mean, but that one's still troubled. We used to be very close. You and Kyle? Yeah, and now we kind of talk to each other a couple times a month, maybe. Well, that's the thing. You used to be close with Kyle. I've never experienced that with my brother. Like, my brother and I would always butt heads. And he would, like, push me around and, like, bully me and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that, it might have been like, all right, we're cool. Like, I get your back. And to tell you, too, I've gotten his back before several times, and he's never reciprocated that shit. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> so it reminded you of when you were smoking weed. Yeah. It, and you it, got it, caught. Yeah. It would. I Like, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like, well, actually, I could in this case with the, the best friend's wedding. Oh, this is your best friend, too. Damn it. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I've had someone Mm -hmm. try to tell me that someone that I really cared about Mm -hmm. was sleeping with someone else Mm -hmm. and thought they were, and they did it in this really, like, backhanded kind of way. They didn't come right out and say it. Oh, okay. They were like, let me light that fuse without lighting the fuse. Right. And it kind of fucked me up for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and I still talk to that person, not mm. not the person who told, but the one, um, because the one they were trying to talk shit about. Yeah, because because it was true, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also like at the end of the day, most of the time when you tell someone that someone else is cheating on them, mm-hmm. th- that's like you're telling them something they don't want to hear, mm-hmm. and they're not willing to like come into reality. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to do whatever with that person anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. And then you lose your friend. Like. Okay. Well, think about. I, w- I want to try this. Think about the person. Think about the, pe- the person who's being cheated on. Uh-huh. Now, are you saving them from what could possibly be worse? And I say possibly because you don't. You can't read the future. Mm-hmm. You're saving them what could be. What could possibly be a, a horrible future. Um, or are you kind of just doing it because in good conscience, I can't let that happen? Um, I would say saving them from a, a future, mm-hmm. a bad future. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that you're not guaranteed to save them from anything. That's true. Because people who are told something they don't want to hear mm-hmm. usually turn back and bite the person who told them. Yeah, like you're sure. not my friend anymore because you're talking shit about my new spouse. Yeah, they're not willing to accept the information until it's like right in their fucking face, and therefore you already kind of burned that bridge. Yeah, I can. See I mean, that. and then there's mm-hmm. still also like they could find out that you knew mm-hmm. after they find out what happened, mm-hmm. and you still lose your friend. But in that mm-hmm. case, I don't think that they would find out because. Yeah. How would they? How would they know? I can see that. Um, as my best friend, I, yeah, I my my thing is like that's none of my business. Like if he if he's cheating, I'm sorry. If they're cheating on their significant other, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start something because it'll probably happen again or like they're gonna get found out another way. Because like clearly, like the whole like sleeping with the brides. I mean, at the wedding, like clearly they're sloppy as fuck. No, and you're coming at it from the point of view of, like, I'm friends with the person who's cheating. This dilemma is you're friends with the person who's being cheated on. Coming from proof that... Come, 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 ah. Oh, your best friend's spouse-to-be is having an affair with the best man. Mmm. 
Yeah, like for sure. If it's my friend cheating, mm. I'm not going to say shit. But if it's your best friend being cheated on. I would have to seriously think about it, but I probably wouldn't say anything. Okay, so then that goes back to my original my original statement. I go to that person and be like, you better pay me my motherfucking money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that'd be it. <laughs> be like, cool, thank you. I'm happy. They're happy. Cool. And also, let that be a lesson. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, so I want to share one more. I want to share one more thing before um, we leave this section. There was uh, there was a person I was dating. We were together for quite a few years. Um, we were going through like a, a rough patch, and at one point, um, they decided to be like, "We're taking a break. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're no longer together." Right took the break got back together okay then one day they were like i have to tell you something and they were like i have to get this off my chest and you know this kelsey i hate those words right Mm -hmm. um and i remember telling that person i don't need to hear this i don't want to hear this like just don't like don't tell me because it's going to be something fucked up Mm -hmm. and they told me that they had like done something with another person Mm mm-hmm um, but they tried to like pass it off as like, oh, we weren't together at that time, so therefore it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, but I did the math. I was like, no, we were together. <laughs> like, and I, and I and I was like, this this is when the dates were and everything like this is where we took a break and this is where we're together. And she was like, no, 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 we were like, she, they just kept saying like, no, 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 like it didn't happen. I'm like, no, that's exactly how it happened. Um, and I told them, like, I could have gone through life happy without ever fucking knowing that. But the, was it done right there? The relationship? What do you think, Kelsey? No. <laughs> you have a habit of holding on to women. I am an idiot. <laughs> but here's my thing that totally plays into my point, what I mm. said. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're told or if someone's told that someone's cheating on yeah. you because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. And that, you're just ruining a friendship. That, that's very true. I, I, I change like my my views on that has like changed to the point where I'm just like, I, I don't need to deal with you anymore. Like I can cut you off. It depends on like how severe the backstabbing is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like a huge backstab, I'm just like, all right, you can go fuck off. I'm like, I'm done with this shit. I got too yeah. many problems with my own. <laughs> and now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of... Rob Reiner's A Few Good Men. All those having business with this general court-martial, stand forward and you shall be heard. The facts of the case are these. On midnight of September 6th, the accused entered the barracks room of their platoon mate. They woke him up, tied his arms and legs with tape, forced a rag into his throat. A few minutes later, a chemical reaction caused his lungs to begin bleeding. He drowned in his own blood and was pronounced dead at 37 minutes past midnight. Do you think Santiago was murdered? Private Santiago is dead, and that is a tragedy. But he is dead because he had no code. He is dead because he had no honor. And God was watching. This film came out in 1992. The synopsis is a military lawyer, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, 
defense Marines accused of murder. They contend they were acting under orders. I think Mark needs to sing what he was singing right before we came back. Feel good, man. All right. <laughs> Directed by Rob Reiner. Written by Aaron Sorkin. It stars Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Pollack. Feel good, man. I had actually never seen this movie mm-hmm. before uh, we decided to do it for the podcast. I had heard about it. Mm-hmm. I had seen the big what the face fucking oh let's say that let's say that uh i had seen the um uh i seen a clip of like the big like you can't handle the truth like scene Mm -hmm. i've seen it uh multiple times but i've actually never sat and watched this movie Mm -hmm. um but as per usual no one gives a shit about what i think Mm -hmm. what does kelsey think about this think this movie held up that well really i think it's good but it's not as amazing now as it was back then mm, okay why do why you say that because we've had so much good stuff come out like mm-hmm. with similar twists or dilemmas or whatever mm-hmm. that i don't know like there was it was kind of slow in some ways mm-hmm. and they have this whole investigation thing and tom cruise is idiot the whole entire time until he's, he's he, like fucking rain man at the end yeah he's cocky as fuck he's very uh he's very maverick and top gun in this movie and then they don't give demi moore's character the chance to like show her, like prove her worth uh, yeah like yeah. what was the point of her at all was nothing mm, i i like she was his conscience but he also had a best friend who was also kind of his conscience that is true because i was gonna say like she's well okay okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna give a little pushback i think i think her purpose there was valid because she was the one to to keep him um grounded keep him grounded now i know you said like the kevin paula character was there as well but he was more of a pushover like he would he would like put up some resistance but then he would kind of be like all right whatever like well you know all right, Tom Cruise's character, you broke me down, right? Um, but there was no place for both of them. I think there was because because her character, uh, Joanne uh, Joanne Galloway, she was more of an outside perspective of like, this is why you're full of shit, and this is why you need to get your shit in order. You know, like it's that thing. It's that thing when um, your friends might tell you like something's wrong or whatever, and you're just like, all right, what? Like, I don't really either i don't really want to hear it or you don't know the situation blah 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 blah. um and you're able to like kind of push that aside but if you get an outside perspective then maybe they'll make you think like oh okay this person who clearly doesn't know me um or who doesn't uh understand but someone who's not really involved with what's going on even they can see it like yeah that's fucked up you need to change your mind i have a question for you okay if you were about to embark on a situation where you really needed to, like, put a lot of time and effort into something, mm-hmm. um, and you're cocky as fuck. Okay. Would you rather listen to me, or would you rather listen to a stranger that you just met who has an attitude and thinks they know the most out of everybody? Um, I would want to listen to you. However, you're not like the Kevin Pollock character. You're not a pushover. 
that's what I'm saying. If they mm-hmm. had written him as not a pushover, mm-hmm. Joanne Galloway wouldn't exist. Yeah, but she does exist because he was more of a pushover. I'm saying their writing was bad. Because they had to, they didn't need both of them if they had just written it right. See, I, I and then dis- you would have a little bit more conflict between friends. I disagree with that. I, I feel like, I not not only, and, I, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I think this is my point of view is like, I think her, I think her being there is valid. Also, it adds more of a dynamic too because it's like, it's three of them as opposed to just like them two. Because most of the movie is actually Tom Cruise, Kevin Pollak, and Demi Moore um, trying to like go through this case and, like, solve the mystery and stuff like that. If it was just them, uh, Tom Cruise and Kevin Pollock, I would kind of start getting bored of, like, them going back and forth and bickering. Or maybe... Maybe Demi Moore and um, Kevin Pollock should have kind of switched. Mm-hmm. Or she was kind of the best friend or maybe the love interest. Mm-hmm. And he was the other guy who didn't get um, the top spot. Mm, okay. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. In this situation, I feel like I'm kind of annoyed that it's mm-hmm. yet another female who doesn't make the top spot. She seems like a badass uh, in the beginning, and then at the end of the movie, she looks like a fucking idiot. Now, I will admit that there are times where it is like, all right, you need to kind of give her a moment to shine. Um, I think that I think that doesn't happen because this movie was made in 1992, and this is like a Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't. I mean, this is at a time where, like, and it still happens now, but this was, like, more evident of, like, that's a top bill. They're going to have all the big moments because they bring all the money and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I I think um, I think that's where, like, the, the writing, you can tell it's a writing that clearly um, probably wouldn't work now. Yeah. Because, like, you know, there has to be a, uh, there has to be a female character that has her moments that comes more that's more involved in the story than just being pretty or just being like a love interest and shit like that. And I think I probably could have been a little okay with it, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he was cocky the entire time and he barely showed growth towards the end. Yeah. Like into so the third basically act, yeah. she was really intelligent being bested by a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can you see know that. what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. I can <laughs> see the issues with that. Um, I'm a bit more forgiving on the writing. But that's because like I like a good Aaron. Sor- I, I guess because I'm a bit more biased because I like a good Aaron Sorkin script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've seen some things by him that you showed me too, and I actually like them a lot. Uh, uh, the Trial of the Seven or Park Seven or something like that. This is a Netflix movie that we did a while that um, that we reviewed like a while ago. Um, he wrote the script for one of my favorite movies ever, The Social Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I have a bit more forgiving of, oh, the trial of the Chicago seven. So I'm a bit more forgiving of his writing. Plus he did this really great show called, um, oh my God. Uh, oh, so the newsroom, love the newsroom. I didn't see that. That's an HBO show. He did a, Oh, he did another show called sports night. That's mm. another really great series of his writing. Um, however, he writ, he had wrote being the Ricardo's. And that writing was not fit for that time. Mm. It's like a Sorkin script of like fast dialogue and everybody is smart. But this was during like the 50s. Whereas like that type of dialogue does not exist. Yeah. Um, so are you saying all people were stupid back in the 50s? No, what I'm saying is that. Uh, and they talk slow. 
Yes. <laughs> no, like I'm not saying I'm not saying Lucille Ball or Ricky Ricardo were not smart. They were very smart individuals. But it's kind of hard when you have these two smart people and everybody around them is just as smart as them. Oh, so they're not shining. Yeah, they're you're like devaluing their intelligence. Mm. Um, but back back to a few good men. Like I said, I I'm a bit more forgiven the writing, even though some of it can kind of come off clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. I think it only really works well because of the acting between like the acting from like Tom Cruise, even like Kevin Bacon. I think he did a good job, and especially like Jack Nicholson. Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson, he's like in the movie thirteen minutes, I think, out of the entire movie mm-hmm. he's in it. But man, like he's one of the most memorable characters. He in packs that movie. a punch for yeah. sure. Yeah, I like his eyes because because <laughs> you can see him, unlike Dave Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> um. What I like is that his eyes are just pretty much like, fuck everything. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't want to deal with this fucking shit. I know. And he does He does give that off near the end. Like, I'm going to leave. Like, I've said what I had said. I'm taking off. And they're like, no, you're under arrest. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, A big dump. I know. A big piece of shit. <laughs> uh, anybody... Uh, anybody in the acting section that kind of like stood out for you? I mean, for me, it was Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I say Jack Nicholson. Um, I did actually like Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, even though he was doing the thing that I didn't like from the Andrew character from. Uh, oh, from um, uh, a knock a knock at the cabin. Yeah. Oh, like the kind of like like he's one, he was like one mode. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty much like like manic the whole time <laughs> yeah like manic right. and cocky yeah well like i said that's you know he's 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 maverick from top gun in this movie you know what i'm saying you, you know what i think hmm. when we write our next story which will probably be like in 10 years hmm. um we need to write our characters all as one note why because that's what everyone else is doing they're making movies i know that's true <laughs> Maybe our problem is that we try to write things that are too like. I know we try to we real. Try, we try too hard to give each character a distinct voice, and yeah. that's not selling scripts. <laughs> <laughs> we need all one note characters. Yeah. You know we need we need a Kevin Smith script. We need a rainbow, right? A rainbow. Yeah, rainbow. This person's angry. Red. Oh. <laughs> Different colors. <laughs> they need a Roy G. Biv that shit. Yep. Um. And uh, okay. Um. Anything on the anything on the directing? Like it's a Rob Reiner film. I don't. I feel like you haven't really seen a Rob Reiner movie. Oh, I take that back. Spinal Tap. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Yeah, that's a different. That's a whole different thing. It was serviceable, I guess. It wasn't anything special. Um, you're right. I feel it wasn't anything special as well. There, there are some. There is one. There is a well. One. This movie's very of the nineties. There was a scene. I don't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but I was like, "Oh, I like how they did that." I can't help you. I. Mm. I told you too. You expect me to remember? Yes. All right. True. 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 I could just look at you one way and be like, "Oh yeah, that movie." <laughs> I don't even have to say a word. Um, no. There- <laughs> There, there was one thing, um, there was one thing that I thought was actually, I, th- I thought it was actually not too bad with this uh, symbology. Um, it's the part where Jack Nicholson, 
has to be held by like the marine guards because he's like trying to attack uh tom cruise's character um and like they let him go because he like calms down and he like picks picks up his hat but like um the camera focuses on him picking up that hat and to me i took it as as rob reiner symbolizing that like um that's like the fall like a fallen hero or quote-unquote hero like has just happened in front of us like because i know like i mean correct me when i correct me if i'm wrong but like you're wrong okay (laughs) but like the head the headgear that military people wear is important right it's like a sign of respect or something like that right Mm -hmm. and so you see this on the floor it's like this dude who's very uh meticulous with the shit he does like he is um what's the word He's like coming apart. He's coming apart. Like someone, like somebody that you, that he wouldn't think would take him down, took him down, and mm-hmm. therefore he's like lost all his respect. That, but I'll take it a step further. Okay. <clears throat> the fact that they focused on him, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like you know a cutaway or whatever that they completed looking at him when he picked up the hat. Mm-hmm. I feel like even though the people in the courtroom had already walked out, mm-hmm. right? They had walked out by that point, or no? Uh, no, they hadn't got it. They hadn't okay. walked out yet, no. Actually, um, that's even better because I feel like it's like the audience, mm-hmm. like people staring at him, like he's the focus. So not only is he falling apart, but everyone is staring at him and he knows it. Yeah. And he like lost that. Like even us watching the movie. Yeah. And he lost that amount of like respect, um, from everybody who had seen him. And cause he like. He's so blinded by like anger and hatred that he just like, like everything's like what's the word like just blurs out. All mm-hmm. he sees like red. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm like trying to see what films he's directed. IMDb's like he's only an actor and a producer. Like yo, dude, he's directed like a bunch of movies. Um, oh, The Princess Bride. You've seen that? No. You have not seen the. Princess Bride. I've told you that before, and we even you even brought it up as um an option for a movie one time, and I was like, "How about that one?" You're like, "I hate that movie." Oh wow! I'm, okay, well, thank you for reminding me. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to show it to me anyway. No, you sh- hate that. Movie. If it, if if need be, I'll 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 show it to you. Yeah, there's a bunch of other movies that I know you haven't seen, like Misery, Stand by Me, North. Uh, the American president goes to Mississippi. There's a bunch of movies I know you haven't seen. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I he's he's a good director. I, I think back then he was like a really good director because it was um, it fit that era. But like, he hasn't directed. Anything. It's like the fugitive type. Like, I mean, that one's more action, but there it's no. always like the procedural type. Oh yeah, and yeah. That, of that era, yeah, like the firm or something like that. Yeah, it is a procedural type of thing, and it worked out. It worked out for that time. Like, this movie is, for all, like, the whole, like, Code Red and Marines is, like, you know, they can be brutal at times. It is very, uh, I always say this word incorrectly, genuistic. Because mm-hmm. it is very, like, the military, you know, they're going to seek out justice and shit like that. And make sure um, people are going to be held accountable and be proud to wear that suit and everything like that. And you can't really do that now. You can't really do pro-military films now because it seems like well the military is full of shit <coughs> you can't mm-hmm. however i disagree that this film is pro-military okay because it basically just showed you why it's not a good thing 
<coughs> um. All right. Um. Well, how do you mean? And I think I I think I've already kind of guessed it, but go on. And the reason why I say that is because you have basically these two military guys. One of them's kind of smart, and the other one's a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. That's two things that actually exist in the military. A lot of mm. them are fucking idiots. <laughs> okay. Um, now, mm. in the, now, in the military as a whole, or like the army? The military as a whole. Okay. Because they're always young men mm-hmm. from like the middle of the fucking country. Yeah, young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah, mm. and then you get... Um, a couple of people who are kind of smart, but the thing is that the military kind of breaks you down. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they teach you to like follow orders and shit. Mm. And then you always have these people who are like higher up that abuse their power. Mm. And it's all over the fucking military. Mm. So, yeah, this film is like, it has some good military people in it. Mm. And they're seeking out justice. Mm-hmm. But it brought up a lot of shit about what's really following orders. Like, mm-hmm. how do people actually abuse the system? Mm-hmm. About people getting hurt because they're in the military and people don't take care of them. Like, all that stuff actually exists. Yeah. And so, one thing I actually do like about this movie is mm-hmm. that <clears throat> it looks kind of dumb to some people, I'm sure. But it's real. What's real? How the military is portrayed. It, no, I know, I know. I was just, I was just like, okay, <laughs> put a period on it. <laughs> like that's your thesis. Now you're closer. <laughs> um, okay, I, I do agree with you with all that. Um, I still think that uh, visual wise, like some of the shots and stuff like that, in certain moments, it is like pro military. Like, it's like especially like the last, the last part where like. Um, Tom Cruise's character now has a respect, you know, of of um, what's the character's name? Um, he now has the respect of. Let me find the dude. Uh, Lance Corporal. Oh, um, Dawson. Mm-hmm. He now has the respect of Dawson because Dawson like salutes him. He's like, "Oh, that was stupid." Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. That's, that's what I'm getting at because it's so like it's corny. It's so corny, but like military, he has a respect now. You know all that kind of shit. Let me tell you, uh-huh. that's not real. Oh, I know that's not real. <laughs> I know that even even me being dumb on the military, I'm just like, I know that does not happen. That's so stupid. Um. <clears throat> all right. Anything else? No. All right. So, last question. Mm. Um, do you think this movie still holds up? No. Mm-hmm. But I would still say that you, if you haven't seen it already, you probably want to watch it. Yeah. Just to like, I mean, it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have the best time of your life, but like, you know, just watch something new. Um, yeah. And I, I think, <clears throat> um, let me see. I believe. Excuse me. Okay. So I think I don't think the movie holds up that well. It is it is one of those films that I think should be watched. Mm-hmm. Um, not only for like um, the acting, like the performance and everything like that, but I think it's something to watch because to to watch um, Sorkin's first screenplay. 
Like, I think anybody should watch, whether a director, actor, writer, you should always watch their first project, like their first movie or short film or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, like, yeah, let's say, or, or show, like their first writing gig, that like their big writing gig, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can kind of see, like, the evolution of the writing, if they've gotten better if they've, or if they've gotten worse over time. Yeah. So I, I think it's worth watching, <laughs> especially if you are a Sorkin fan or you just like writing in general. Check it out. But, like, just know that the movie's dated as fuck. Yeah. And then, like, as Kelsey pointed out, some of the military stuff is very inaccurate. <laughs> um, and also, they don't care about women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So that's going to be our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us on uh, this week's show. Uh, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this uh, podcast on their website um, uh, you can find all your film news TV news and reviews at yourentertainmentcorner.com uh, don't be afraid to drop us a line at therealappeal at gmail.com that's real with two e's um, you can find this podcast on all your podcast catchers we're all over the place you know the deal um, oh don't forget to like review us on whatever podcast catcher you use you know so we can kind of climb up those charts and get noticed um so next week's episode uh <laughs> very curious about this movie and then yeah uh <laughs> our recent review is gonna be magic mike's last dance uh the what's his name <clears throat> channing tatum channing tatum with the steven sonenberg directed movie uh-huh um that is in theaters friday february 10th um our geriatric cinematic will be 1980s fame which you can find uh that's available to rent on apple tv amazon youtube and other vod services i forgot to put down the terpic you are slacking i am slacking even though i did all the docket got all the research for the you didn't do all the docket because you didn't do that look (laughs) 98 percent is still an a okay Mm. and i'm happy well now i'm happy with that (laughs) (laughs) now i'm happy with that when i was in college i was like 98 percent. i should get a hundred (laughs) percent i think that's why i have so many grays in my beard my beard in your beard in my beard in my beard because it's all that frustration and like stretch just like catching up on and just showing itself on my face Mm -hmm. 